Welcome to Candid Conversations with Candace and Siobhan. We are dynamic women with different backgrounds, life experiences, and personal struggles. Yet the more we got to know each other, the more we realized that our similarities far outweighed our differences. Our goal is to bridge the gap between us and them. We are more alike than we are different. We are your go-to podcast for all things real, raw, and resilient. Each week, we have unscripted conversations with remarkable individuals who have truly decided to show up authentically in their own lives and are now inspiring others to do the same. Take a moment to listen, and not only will you see yourself in these stories, you'll leave with a takeaway from our guests and a reminder of the power of vulnerability and connection. Hello, and welcome to another Candid Conversation with Candace and Siobhan. Today, we are joined by Carter Walls, who is a performance and mindset coach. He shares with us that at the start of COVID, he spent a lot of time thinking about how and when he'd return to life as he had known it. Someone close to him asked him how he would feel if this, when this was over, if his life went back to exactly as it had been. Instead of holding on to what once was, Carter made the decision to step across that metaphorical bridge and create a new normal. Join us and find out what else he has to share about having the courage to be the person you are exactly meant to be. We are back with another candid conversation with Chaos to Calm, Candace and Siobhan. Of course, I am Siobhan. You've got Candace beside me here. Welcome back. And today we are very happy to be joined by Carter Walls, who's coming all the way from Hawaii. So we're both disgustingly jealous, but aloha. Um, Carter is a personal development coach for youth athletes, uh, former owner of SS. As a sports lab, science labs in London, um, and you are just this incredible mentor and this lover of life, and I'm so excited that you are here joining us. So welcome. Thank you so much. I'm I'm super stoked to be here. I appreciate that, and my apologies about the Hawaii thing. Uh, don't <laughs> apologize. Everybody else should be jealous that you're about to go surf after this is done. Yeah. So Carter, I wanted to start off by asking you to tell me a little bit about the bridge because I know that that is something that's pretty big and uh, I, I'd love to kind of dive into that. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the bridge is just, I was uh, I was running here in Hawaii on the Kapa'a bike trail on the coconut coast here a few weeks ago. And I was walking, I got to the point where I was just walking and I was like, oh man, okay, I'm like tired and I'm dragging my butt a little bit. And there was this bridge in front of me. It's like this beautiful bridge. And I was just like, okay, when I get to the other side of the bridge, Am I going to run? Is that the end of my run? Am I going to like pick it up again? Am I going to walk? Like what's on the other side of this for me? And then it just made me stop and think like how many times that happens in our lives where there's this moment, whether we sort of realize it in the moment or not. And um, I posted a video not too long ago about this. And I said, we were in Hawaii. My, um, my ex-girlfriend and I were in Hawaii and March 24th, we ended up coming back and that's when everything sort of went into lockdown. I had another business called Stretch Body Lab in Vancouver. And so I'm frantically texting away and typing away, sending all of these messages to all my Stretch Body Lab clients. And my ex-girlfriend, she says to me, 
um, what are you doing over there? And I said, oh, I'm just messaging all of my stretch clients. So when everything goes back to normal, like, I'll, you know, I'm just trying to like hold on to everything. And, and, uh, and she's like, well, can I ask you a question? <laughs> and I said, well, and if you know, Kate Marshall, um, you know, when she says, can I ask you a question? It's like listening to somebody load a gun. Right. And, you know, something serious is coming at you. And I said, and it's yeah. probably going to be genius. And I said, uh, yeah, of course you can ask me a question. And it, this is my bridge. She goes, how are you going to feel if when all of this is over, your life goes back to being the exact same way it was before it started? And I was just like, oh, like, I, it, it hit me in so many different ways. First, I was like, here's this person who's got a completely different mindset than I do because I'm so busy trying to hold on to what I have that I didn't even consider the possibility of using that time to create what I wanted. So that was one thing. The second thing was to actually answer that question was so uncomfortable because how I would feel is disengaged and inauthentic and unhappy and I would lack motivation and I wouldn't be lit up and all of these things. So just to have to know that I existed that way for a time is tough to face. But then the third part was the reality that I'm running as hard as I can to go back to it. And so it was just like that one question. And as you girls know, that is the power of a coach because the question she was my girlfriend for eight months previous to that she knew she knew it she could have said to me you don't want to go back go do something else but the power isn't in telling someone what to do the power is in the question and then letting me move through all of that and that was my bridge and i literally from that question on was a different version of myself and so that was, that was one, that was the bridge for me in my life. So that's a par- powerful, uh, in, inter starting off the conversation. So thank you for that. But yeah. so, okay, let's talk about you being a coach then. So you're, you've already just imparted wisdom for us and that's a really good kind of thought, but you were a coach. I mean, you were yourself in volleyball for how many years? Like what, what's the behind story for where you are, where you are now? Yeah, so I played volleyball in college for a long for a few years. I played overseas for a little for a short time and um and then I uh started coaching when I was in high school. Like I just loved volleyball and I started coaching since I was like 15 years old. So, you know, over 25 years I've been kind of on a volleyball court coaching and then having sports science lab and having thousands of youth athletes come through there and um and so when I made that shift after, you know, after I had that conversation with Kate, I was like, okay, what, like, what is it that I actually want to do? And what I realized was that SSL, like owning my gym and coaching volleyball, while I love the sport of volleyball, it's, it's, it's a beautiful game, but I wasn't really out to like make better volleyball players. And I really wasn't out to make better athletes when I was training them at the gym. I just wanted these kids to feel amazing about themselves. You know, I just wanted to show up for them in a way that like created a space where they could be exactly who they were. I can't tell you how many times a teenage kid has like ripped on me about something ridiculous that I've done or I've said or whatever, you know, um, uh, I don't know what the language protocol is on this. Whatever you want. (laughs) 
So a kid that I coach in Vancouver says to me um, a couple of months ago, <laughs> she goes, you know, coach, I was thinking about it. You shop at Lululemon. You always have your little Yeti cup with your hot chocolate. You live in Kits, which is in Vancouver. Uh, you drive a white Jeep. You're just a basic white bitch. <laughs> 15 years old. 15 year old. And, <laughs> yeah. And so, and so I was telling one of my uh, former assistant coaches in Ontario um, that, that she had said that. And she said, Oh my God, like, how did you feel? Like, what did you do? And I said, it like warmed my heart because she like, she was so safe. She felt so safe and so comfortable being who she was that she could say something like that to her coach, you know? And so what I realized through doing my, doing my gym, like having my gym and coaching volleyball was that it was really just about showing up for them. And you can, those were just vehicles to create that space. And so I was able to eliminate those or, you know, COVID helped me realize that we don't actually need those. And, um, and I just thought how many grownups I may, I can speak for myself and maybe the two of you can chime in on this. How many of us can sit here and say, oh man, if I just had someone to talk to at 14, 15, 16, 17 years old, you know, just a little bit different conversation than our parents trying to tell us do this or don't do that or whatever. And, you know, God bless parents because they're so amazing, but there's this, there's this division there. There's a disconnect where kids, teenage kids, we don't always want to listen to our parents and our parents aren't necessarily trained to be asking these questions or to have those conversations. So um, it's, I'm, I'm so grateful to do what I do. I feel like I'm like cheating life in some way. Like someone's going to call me out for my life being so odd for my job being so awesome. And, um, it's, it's heartbreaking at times, but it's so heartwarming and I'm so inspired by all of my clients and their courage. And yeah, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to be able to do every day. I love that. It's funny. Cause you had something on your Instagram that said, uh, my goal was never to, and I'm paraphrasing here, but my goal is never to make better athletes. It was to create better humans. Am I saying that right? Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Again, speaking into your values, speaking into your, like who you are. And I mean, Candace, you and I can speak to that as well in terms of you have children and, you know, sometimes it's hard even as, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I, I remember myself at that age and being like, I just wish I had somebody there, somebody in my corner who would listen. And I, and I've told you about the gratitude letter that I wrote to my counselor in high school and what that meant because of her influence for me. So the fact that that's how you show up, but how do you feel about that, Candice? Well, I was like beaming once again. I, I tell you, my face hurts after these conversations. I'm smiling so much with these connections to people, but I became a high school teacher because I wanted to be for kids what I wish I had had in my life at that time. I had a very traumatic um, childhood and teenage time. And um, I don't think I ever really wanted to be a teacher. I just almost exactly to your words. Basically, I just want kids to feel fabulous. I'm all about like you are like, I'm so blessed that you are my student right now. I can't wait to learn from you. And I think that's what... Um, that's what creates the connection where you can be called a basic white bitch by your kid. Because when you are <laughs> down like that, when you've got them, like that is, and I get that magic. And I've got two teenagers here that are mine. 
15 yeah. and 14. And let me tell you, they do not. Um, it's a very different relationship because I'm mom, right? It's just different. But I totally get that. I think it's amazing because we need people, especially men, to connect with the youth because they're they're becoming the adults that, um, you know, there's so many broken people looking for answers. And if I knew back then that I was absolutely awesome as I was, right? Oh, my gosh. I'm glad yeah. I know that now. But yeah. there's so many adults that don't. So by connecting with kids today makes a world of difference. Yeah, well said. You know, people say to me a lot, they're like, you know, you should maybe change your business and just go after adults because adults, you know, they're the ones with money. Yeah. I'm just like, it. it's such a like short sighted, uh, uninspiring. And I know, I know their intention is for me to be successful financially or whatever, but I don't, I've never been driven by money like that. And money flows to purpose anyways. And, and um, I would, I could just never go, oh, you know what? You're right. I could make 50 grand more if I focus on. So let's forget these kids and just focus on. I have a nine-year-old client. It's a beautiful little girl who we were talking about confidence. And she said she needs to be more confident in herself. Her teacher told her she needs to be more confident in herself. And I said, oh, how'd you feel? And she said, well, who is she to tell me? how I'm supposed to be. Right. And I said, do you think you need to be more confident? And she was like, well, yeah, you know, I'm one of those. And, and so, um, so we talked through it, but what we got off of was the confidence. Mm -hmm. That's not the point. And we got focused on what it was that, you know, that took that confidence away from her. And it was her fear of making the mistake and her fear of failing. And I said, well, what happens if you fail? And she's, and she says, nine years old, as two beautiful, perfect little tears roll down her precious little cheeks at the exact same time. And she said, I'm just afraid that people won't like think that I'm good enough to be loved or that I'm good enough to spend time with or that I'm good enough to pay attention to because I'm the youngest kid and nobody's ever really given me like any respect that I deserve and stuff like that. This kid's nine years old, nine years old. And I'm supposed to go, Oh, you know what? Like she'll be okay. These adults with money over here are the ones right. that I really should go after. Like I would do that for free. Yeah. For so like, and I mean, she's amazing. Uh, such a powerful little kid, you know, and she'll start to get it. And, um, but that stuff, when you see that, it's just like, you know, you're in the, you know, you're in the right place and doing the right thing, you know? Yeah. Would it be appropriate for you to share the message that came from one of your other clients and what she was struggling with um, in terms of her weight? Um, yeah. So we did, you and I talk about this before? Yeah. I'm trying to remember exactly. It was the message that she had, that you'd given to her essentially about why she's going through this at this time and why. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. So um, I was, I was talking to this teenager. I think she was 15, 16 years old and she was severely anorexic and really struggling a lot with that. And um she was just so sad and she'd been going through it for a long time. And it was my first time talking with her and, 
And um, she just had this look on her face and in her eyes, you know, you could see the like the sadness. And she just said, like, I just don't know why this is happening to me. And I said, um, I know why it's happening to you. And she kind of gave me this look like she wanted to slap like, who are you to, you know, like, but, you know, and um, and I said, you know, you're 15 years old in 10 years from now, when you've kicked the shit out of this thing. Somewhere out there, there's a girl who's five years old, who's going to be 15. And she's going to be going through this same thing. And you are going to have given yourself the superpower of being able to look her in the eye, not be me and go, okay, let's talk about that. Like, how did that make you feel? No, to go, girl, you don't have to tell me how it made you feel. I'm with you. I've felt that too. And the power in that is so incredible. And so I think that it shifted her perspective to like, I'm, I've been trying to show up for myself and yes, of course I should, but damn, like, I'm not going to let this little girl down, Yeah, you know, and it, and it creates a greater sense of, um, I don't want to say responsibility, but inspiration. Right. And so I, I just, you know, I, I just felt like that was, and I continue to feel like that message is important because a lot of people carry around a lot of shame, even from some of their other decisions that they made when they were younger and they hold on to those. And, and like I said, you're just giving yourself that superpower to show up for someone and say, like, I've been there, you know, Kid Rock said, um, I used to work for a record label a bunch of years ago, Kid Rock said, talking about the music industry, but it applies to everything in life. He said, if it looks good, you'll see it. If it sounds good, you'll hear it. If it's marketed right, you'll buy it. But if it's real, you'll feel it. Oh, that's pretty deep stuff coming from Kid Rock. I love it. The guy's a genius. I know he yeah, plays. He is. Yep. He's a genius. And um, and that like that if it's real, you'll feel it. Yeah. Is, you know, when you look when you look someone in the eye and you say, like, I'm with you, like I've been there, they'll know if you have or not. Yeah. Because they'll feel it. So I think that's the story. That's the story. Yeah. The story warms my heart. I also love Kid Rock. I just want to say that I listen to him more often than one probably should. So thank you for the reference. Um, that's beautiful. What what moment in your life was that moment for you where you're like, I want to be this inspiration to other people? You know, like what moment were you that 15 year old that you said, I'm going to grow up and make a difference for somebody else? Hmm, that's a really good question. I don't know that I've ever been asked that. And I think like, um, I think for me, as I started to get older, and just had this sort of aptitude for um, talking with my friends through different things. One thing I will say is that my mom and dad separated when I was three. I lived with my mom up until my mom passed away when I was just about 13 years old. So I lived with her my entire life up till that point. And I would hang with my pops on the weekend. They're both beautiful humans. They got along really well. But with my mom, I was always with her, my grandmothers, my aunts, and her friends. Mm -hmm. and so my connection to the, I hate saying this, 
the feminine qualities that I possess, that I was exposed to, and that were nurtured in me, really gave me the opportunity to be able to, um, you know, express compassion and empathy and, and, and show some emotion and not be afraid of that. And I think that a lot of my guy friends, as I was growing up, I started to sort of realize like, man, not a lot of these guys are going to, going to have this conversation with you. They're going to call you a little bitch. They're going to tell you to stop being soft. They're going to, you know, and, and my, even my daddy wasn't like that, you know, he wasn't like that at all. So, so that above all things, I want to just like honor the women in my family for nurturing that part of who I am, because that unto itself, those feminine qualities, traditionally so-called feminine qualities, um, are what actually, I would say that that superpower was given to me to be able to be there for other people. So I think it just kind of happened where um, I became the person that people felt comfortable coming to talk to maybe because they again like if it's real you'll feel it right like I've been listening to women talk my whole life so i wasn't listening to like oh yeah touch down drink a beer like smash a can on your head and you know whatever <laughs> tough guys do to be tough guys i was i was listening to these beautiful in-depth heartfelt conversations that my mom was having with her friends while i was like making them all tea and bringing them to them from you know like that kind of thing so and sitting down with my grandmother having tea that's why i have hot chocolate every day now because i used to have an orange pico tea with milk and sugar with my grandmother all the time well now i don't have milk and sugar and an orange pico tea is not the same with almond milk and maple syrup so i just transitioned but it's it's that nostalgic feeling because i used to have these beautiful conversations with her and and so so really, I think that was the foundation of it. And then I think when I when I first started coaching volleyball and I started coaching little kids and just sort of naturally wanted to make them feel awesome. My dad is like this super jovial, really funny guy. And and um, so we all inherited that. And uh, but it, he always made you feel awesome about who you were. And, you know, grandmothers, I mean, spend enough time with your grandmothers, you'll make you feel like you're the king of the world, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I had been gifted that and it was just sort of how, how our family spoke to each other and how we were. And so I just sort of passed that along and it just felt, uh, it just felt right for me. So I don't know that I have a specific moment, Siobhan, to be honest with you, but um, I just think there was a, a like this like coming together of all of these moments that was like, this is just what I'm going to continue to do and how I'm going to continue to occur to everyone that I come across, hopefully everyone that I come across. It's very apparent in the way that you already show up, that you bring this energy. Now, another thing I'm wondering is you spend all of this time with coaching and you've got, I'm sure you've got all these experiences with amazing youth throughout the time. What's the biggest takeaway or lesson that they've given to you? Or what have you learned most from them? Mm, the, yeah, awesome question. The thing that I learned most from them is how courageous they really are and how resourceful they really are. You know, they feel, they, they feel it in there, you know, they get it. And I don't think we give them enough credit, but they are so, I'm, I'm so inspired and so touched constantly by 
my clients now and having just seen and when you coach and man i coached 14 year old girls so i'll tell you another quick story um i was coaching 14 year old girls there was a girl on my team named tia shum who's off to on a full scholarship to east carolina next year she's an incredible phenom volleyball player from london ontario and we were in national championships sorry provincial championships and she was 12 so she was playing two years up on this this team of 14 year olds and she was like the heart and soul of our team because she was just one of those like really special human beings who like gave every ounce of who she was to everything she did and it was infectious for the other girls well she tears her acl in the quarter quarterfinals of provincials and it was really devastating for her because she just loved the sport so much it was devastating for me because i just loved watching her as a fan of the game of volleyball she's like the best volleyball player i've ever seen in my life pound for pound you know and and it was devastating for her teammates because they followed her even though she was two years younger and then so we got to national championships and t this is only a month later in acl you're done for a year ti didn't even have her surgery yet um so she was still without an acl which is a stabilizing ligament in your knee yeah. right so she's sitting on the bench and we're in the finals, national championship finals. And we had won our first set and it's best two or three. And we had won our first set and it was like 22 to 17 or somewhere in around there. And I turned to Tia, she's on the, and she's been cheering for three days as hard as she can, just giving everything she has. And I said, Tia, um, do you have your stuff here? And she was like, well, like, yeah. So just put it on. She's like, I don't have knee pads. I'm like, you don't need knee pads. Just put them on. And um, so we get to 24, but it's like 24, 22 now, which is close. Game goes to 25, right? So um, I call a timeout and I tell the girls, I said, Tia, we're about to win national championships. You've been the heart and soul of this team. And I will be goddamned if you're not on that volleyball court to celebrate with your girls when we win. You're going in to serve. So we come out of the timeout. There's, you know, a few hundred people there watching. Come out of the timeout. Tia has no ligament in her knee. She hobbles. And in volleyball, you have to substitute at the front of the court, like by the net. So you have to go all the way back to the baseline. Usually a girl runs over, gives her the ball, and the girl runs and then goes and serves. Well, Tia's like this slow hobble because she's like limping big time. And parents are looking at me like, what the hell are you doing, right? Well, Tia goes back there, hasn't touched a ball in, I don't know, a month and a half, right? She goes back there. She's at the baseline, 24-22, no ligament in her knee, on one leg, tosses the ball up, and serves an ace. And the ball goes, sh shanks off these girls' arms. Everybody starts screaming, jumping up and down. Tia's jumping up and down. Right, wow. dropping to the floor, just like crying their eyes out. Like we just won this unbelievable match. It was so hard and it was really challenging, like really tough match. And somehow this 12 year old with one leg finds it in herself to go back to the baseline national championships in front of a hundred, couple hundred people and does something special like that. Like just that, that is magic to me, man.
have it. You just got, and that's the beautiful thing about being a coach, like a volleyball coach, is you get to create those moments for them so that they can prove to themselves that they have it in them, you know? But that's just an example of like, of, of a time, and there's been plenty that you get to see you, that a kid proves to you what they're made of. And that's the biggest takeaway that I have from working with kids is like, they're, they're incredibly powerful. They really are. That's like my face lit up. I, again, that smile where you're like, I, my face actually hurts from listening. Like, okay, now what happens? Oh, and this, like, that's a book that writes itself. So yeah. I've already said before you got on here, you're the other coach Carter uh, without the snakes on the plane stuff. So that, <laughs> that story um, was amazing. Definitely. I mean, I, I can't, as I know you've got, you have all this stuff too, because you're a teacher and I know you can, you get this. You know, it's kind of like a nice reminder of why I do what I do, because um, sometimes I forget, especially during COVID and virtual teaching, which is not my forte at all, um, but it really is about the kids. You can't uh, be a coach if you're just out to win. You can't be a teacher if you're in it for the money. There's, It's about the kids, and um, it really just lights my heart up. So from these wonderful stories and your journey, I'm wondering what is the message that um, I mean, like you've learned so much from whether it's your grandmothers, your mom, your dad, um, the students, and just your life. What would you think is something that people need to know that you want to leave them with today? You know, I would I would say the one thing that I would try to gift to people is to find out exactly who you are as fast as you can and find the courage to be that person for the rest of your life. Because if we have time to reflect on our last day, let's say our last day on earth, and you look back, you're not going to be upset that you didn't become Beyonce. Right. You're not going to be upset that you didn't become Oprah or that you didn't become Michael Jordan. But you might look back and wish that you had just had the courage to be yourself your whole life. And so that would be the message for me that I would try to leave with people. Just have the courage to be exactly who you are. I I can't believe how blessed we've been in the people. Like it's been, we've been doing these um, conversations. It's only very new for us to be in, like inviting other people in. And yeah. every single person, we wanted to learn from other um, motivating people and just people who have something to say. Something that they they just want to share and have a conversation. Yeah. And it has been magic. So. Um, on behalf of uh, Siobhan and I, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for saying yes and showing up authentically to speak with us and share your story. It is such a blessing. Like, I am so thankful today. Thank you so much. It, you know what? I, I'll just say that I, I'm pretty sure that's not a coincidence that you just happened to come across all of these incredible people. I could see how the two of you would draw in, you know, people that would that would show up. And I think it's just like so great that you're giving other people an opportunity to speak this is like we have we all have things we want to share and people want truth and love right they want to receive yeah. that truth and and receive love and they want to be able to express their truth and express their love for what they do or who they do it with and so i'm so grateful that you gave me the opportunity to do that and um you know i'm i'm sure you have nothing but amazing people around you two are amazing thank you
Carter, it's been a pleasure. We will share with everybody where they can contact you and see your amazing adventures in whatever part of the world. Carter's off to Vancouver soon and then, you know, Europe and beyond. So we will let everybody know where they can find you on the travels. And again, yeah. thank you again. Candice has already said everything. There's nothing left to say, but we appreciate you and thank you for being with us today. I appreciate you girls. Thank you so much. It's been thank a pleasure. You. Bye guys. Thanks so much for listening. Tune in each week for another Candid Conversation. And don't forget to like and subscribe. You'll find all the ways to connect with us on social media in the show notes. And we look forward to bringing you more amazing conversations with ordinary people leading extraordinary lives. See you next time.